0: Welcome to episode 82 of the Retro Game Time Machine podcast. This week, Time Travelers, we're having a chat about Super Mario Brothers and going back to the year 1985. At the time of recording, it is September the 6th, the year is 2023. I am Ash the Newton, and joining me through a series of tubes is my co-host, Andy the Android. Hello. Hello. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm uh, a lot going on, I feel like. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. And just uh, just feeling a little tired. Um, but Too much oh, Starfield, right? <laughs> I, w- I wish I had that <laughs> as an excuse. but I was in Hawaii last week. Uh, yeah. And I've been like trying to change time zones ever since I got back. Because I made the mistake of actually adapting to the oh, no. time zone. Which is a few hours behind. So yeah. that means that, you know... I don't know if I went to bed at, at nine o'clock over there, that means, you know, I really don't get tired till midnight or so here.
0: So, Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's sort of a, it's a little painful. I kind of woke up semi naturally, but I got to bed a little late last night. So here we are. Um, but yeah, how
0: are, how are you doing? Doing good. I'm, I'm like an addict with Starfield right now. It's like all I can think about. I'm, I, I even was like, I don't know, man, should I, should we just not do the podcast anymore so I can play Starfield? (laughs) I mean, not seriously, but like. For like, for a quarter or for, I don't know, the smallest fraction of a second, my irrational brain was just like, cancel everything.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just cancel responsibilities, right? Oh, yeah,
0: man, if I could. <laughs> uh, I did not. I mean, this is big spoilers for the end of the show, but I did. So I was excited for Starfield. I did not think that I was going to be as into it as I am. Which oh, okay. and I knew that I would like it. I don't know. I maybe it's just because I try to go to, go into things with as realistic of expectations as possible. Yeah, just like okay, you know what? It'll it'll be like Skyrim. It'll be like Fallout. Like Skyrim did steal my life for a while, but I thought yeah. okay, maybe that maybe it did it because it was the first one. Like Fallout didn't really steal my life the same way. Mm-hmm. Starfield is my is my Skyrim It is like stealing my life again. And like all I can think about, (laughs) all I can think about is Starfield and I'm looking at the Starfield Reddit when I'm not playing Starfield and learning things about ship building and like (laughs) all kinds of stuff. But anyway.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, a few, a few games have done that to me in the past. Like I think Stardew Valley got me with like one of the first few times that I started playing that game. Yeah. When I wasn't playing it, I was looking stuff up on the wiki. I had the wiki open all the time when I was playing because I was learning things. And I just wanted to one more day, one more day, one more day over and over.
0: Yeah, Um, I've kind of had like, okay, well, I'll just finish this quest. And then it's like, it's actually part of a really long quest chain. So I'm like, oh, well, I didn't like finish it and that didn't take that long. So I guess I'll play a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. and then same thing i'm like oh oh, well this is cool like i can't stop now i gotta see maybe this next part finishes it (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of
1: funny how game series too like how we can sort of be like there are certain game series that are just like i don't know programmed to our lizard brain somehow you know like because Stardew Valley, yeah. the reason I took so much to it is because it was I was reusing a lot of old Harvest Moon learned knowledge into that game. Um, yeah, you know,
0: I mean, I guess I'm, I'm using all my Bethesda RPG knowledge.
1: And, and like Breath of the Wild did it to me where it stole my life yeah. for like a month. And yeah. then again with Tears of the Kingdom, like that was... <laughs> I felt like there is no such thing as, you know, free will, these games. <laughs> Seriously they got me <laughs> so but that's i'm really glad i'm really happy about starfield that um you know they've this has been like one of the best like performing games as far as like technical performance and oh bugs, yeah you know for bethesda in a long time and i feel like that's how it should be
0: yeah um i know. like i've seen a couple of very minor bugs yeah. um but definitely not as many as I've seen in the same amount of time playing Skyrim or fallout Yeah, right. <laughs> definitely way more um, in those. So yeah, it's, it's especially for a Bethesda game. It's been very polished. Yeah.
1: That's, that's awesome. That's how it should be. Games should come out when they're done.
0: Yeah. You know? And this is, I mean, as far as I can tell, this is done. Yeah. I am not, I'm not anywhere close to done, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, that, that's what I've been doing. I'm also i've got a i've got a trip coming up. Um, that's why we're recording this a little bit early. we will be out of town for uh, my partner's fortieth birthday. We're gonna go to a concert in Colorado. Um, it's it's gonna be fantastic. We're we're going with some friends. Very much looking forward to it. I think, though, I'm intentionally not going to bring a controller so that I won't have a way to xCloud stream Starfield.
1: Oh, it well, I don't think you can technically xCloud it right now. They haven't made it available. At least, I—I I, believe me, I checked. <laughs> oh, you can't? Really? Yeah, I i don't think you can at this time. Did you check I, earlier I, today? Wrong. No, 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 I didn't check earlier. T- well, uh, I can't remember. It was in the last day or so I checked. Okay, but- okay.
0: Um, well, I've already made the choice that I'm not going to do it because this is not, this is not my Starfield vacation. Yeah, (laughs) This is my partner's birthday. So I'm like, okay, got to be real responsible. (laughs) It'll
1: be a good to detox for a weekend just to give yourself a break and then you can dive right
0: back into it when you get home. Oh, and Uh, I will.
1: Um, it but it, that was my thing too because I don't have a series console right now, so the only way that I can play it right now is my PC, yeah. But I'm I, it just sounds so unappealing to come play on my PC, especially a long game like that. I want to be able to move around and whatnot, yeah. I even contemplated picking it up on Steam, even though I'm part of Game Pass, like just buy it on Steam so I can try it playing it on my Steam Deck, but <laughs> um. It, you know oh maybe. yeah is
0: it is it deck compatible
1: um so they didn't say before launch that it was going to be deck compatible but um it is and it seems that bethesda and steam are both launching updates to try and you know improve performance and make things better so it's not a perfect situation right now like cities you know kind of tank the frame rate a little bit but it'll hold 30 yeah
0: on low um, all
1: right that's a cool time so
0: that's yeah. impressive to me.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And
0: <laughs> cuz this game looks good.
1: Yeah, it's just it's funny and it, it doesn't it definitely doesn't look bad on the Steam Deck. I mean, you can see like okay, there's the the all the detail on those textures that, yeah. that is is sort of washed away, but it still you know, looks very convincing. So maybe one day i still kind of like i actually never had my moment with skyrim where i got sucked in so and i have this skyrim special edition i should fire that up and that'll probably run perfect on yeah
0: so i bet it will i would love
1: to see that um and i'm just playing other stuff which but we'll talk about the, that later
0: <laughs> welcome to skyrim chat or not skyrim uh, starfield <laughs> chat starfield. With, with mash and andy
1: Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) I mean, back to our, our, uh, normal, um, you know, like I I would talk about the weather, but the weather has been incredibly temperate lately and just like no news is good news, I guess right now it's, you know, we're in that kind of, it's starting to feel like fall, right. A little bit.
0: Fool's fall.
1: Fool's fall. Maybe. I know we're going to get a couple heat waves here. I think real soon
0: as is tradition
1: as is tradition, like, I always joke that October is the hottest month for us because <laughs> it seems like any yeah. holdout that summer had is is given out then. So
0: the like five days before uh, Halloween are like yeah. hot, and then it's Halloween. It rains.
1: It rains on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, that's the weirdest thing. It's always like, oh, October thirtieth or thirty-first, it will rain. <laughs> so.
0: All right, we gotta get the show on the road. I got more Starfield to play. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, Probably not tonight, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> we'll see. I'll, I'm optimistic. Okay, I'll, I'll just play for ten minutes. I swear. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's not a problem. Uh, All right. Anything else before we get to our question from Chrono? Yeah, let's let's go to our Chrono's question of the week. All right. Uh, this is back in primary middle school days. Uh, were you the kids that had the cool video games with the classmates coming over to play? Or were you just being invited to play at someone else's house? what can, what kind of games did they, or you have? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes on to say, I remember I had a few neighbors who owned PS twos and I went to play some Ben 10 games, some Harry Potter or cars. Yeah. parents have no idea what, game, <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, what games to pick as a gift. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh,
0: and some other friend had a Spider-Man game. He said also a few years ago, a friend with a GameCube in 2012, yeah. uh, they were playing Mario Strikers, Double Dash, and the like. Excuse me. Mm. Pardon me. It uh, says, to be honest, most of my life, uh, I've lived out of playing in other people's houses until he discovered emulation. Yeah. What was your experience?
1: Uh, you're asking me? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, kind of when I was in like, pri- you know, like so elementary, primary school, that sort of stuff, um, the N64 was popular. And then pretty much like right as middle school hit, like that's kind of when I got the, when the PlayStation 2 was coming out, the next generation of consoles. So I I think I was very lucky to be that age during that time because there were some real bangers of games coming out at that time and so i I remember being over at friends houses so you know early probably we'll say early middle school when most of us just had n64s we were still wishing for game cubes and ps2s on our christmas lists. um i remember playing like pokemon stadium of course we had golden eye going mario kart that sort of stuff um but yeah once you know, probably getting towards the middle of middle school, we'll say, which would be like sixth or seventh grade. That's when, you know, someone down the street had a PS2 with a multi-tap. So we'd play, you know, a 007 Nightfire. Um, Agent Under Fire, I think, came out before that. We also played a bit of that. We would just rent it and go ham on it for a weekend and <laughs> return it. Uh, NBA Live, I think, came up. Um gauntlet gauntlet was a big deal uh legacy which was the dreamcast port basically the well i don't know what would be like the game of the year edition basically the the re-release of of uh of gauntlet on the dreamcast um someone one of our friends like so we kind of trade you know like we we play you know i'd bring over my gamecube someone down the street had a playstation 2 um you know we'd all and then one and then uh other like uh um crawfish pinch my (laughs) friend here he had it they had an xbox like that someone gave them so we play halo but i felt like that was more high school so um i remember someone brought over crash nitro Kart, and it just did not Gain traction really like one friend was really good at it and just like wiped the floor with us and then we like never brought that game back yeah
0: <laughs> like, it seems like there's always like one person that's really passionate about the crash yeah like type of kart racing games and mm-hmm. it's like no we like Mario Kart
1: yeah yeah but like <laughs> okay well, at least Mario Kart it felt fair you know or something like that yeah um, so that that was kind of my experience those are some of the games that we were playing Um, but yeah, felt really lucky during that time. What What about you?
0: Well, since I'm like a million years older, um, no, no, no. But but it feels that way at that time. The consoles, yeah, exactly
1: because because of how many quality games and and the generations that were coming
0: out. Yeah. So when I was in like elementary and middle school, elementary school was like end of the NES slash. I mean. Well, for me, it was still the end of the NES and then the beginning of the Super Nintendo era. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I had Mario Kart and Street Fighter 2. Like I ended up, I always asked for or bought, like when I was able to save like birthday money and like chore money and stuff like that. Um, I always bought a lot of multiplayer games because I really liked playing games with my friends a lot more than just playing solo games. Yeah, so I always, I like, I even, ha- I had Street Fighter Two and Street Fighter Two Turbo. Like, that's not like there's a huge difference, but I still have both of them to this day, yeah, <laughs> and was yeah. still excited to get both versions because, like, I don't know, Street Fighter was amazing in the arcade at the time, and uh, you know, if you're living in the early '90s and you got a Super Nintendo or heck, even a Genesis or Turbo Graphics, whatever, if you have a video game system, you have to have Street Fighter. I mean, it's kind of a rule. Yeah. Um,
1: and and the idea with Street Fighter 2 Turbo, I'm sure there was just like more options or more game modes and it, it's something to keep you going like
0: keep Yeah, there like right? some some more like additional character, like or sorry, additional fighters as well. Oh, um okay. and yeah, yeah. you could go really fast. Oh, um Okay. Yeah, Street Fighter 2 Turbo Championship Edition, whatever, yeah. Hyper Fighting, something. I don't know. There's so many of them. Um So yeah, like that's the type of stuff during that time period that we played at my house, Mm. but on other, like on, I know on other episodes of the show, I've talked about a friend that had a Sega Genesis. So like I would go to his house to play Sonic and go to Mm. his house to play Echo the Dolphin and stuff like that until I was able to get a super, or sorry, a a Sega Genesis of my own. And then we never hung out again. No, I'm just, (laughs) I'm just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) Yeah. but kind of that, that maybe happened. I don't know. Anyway, um, not cool of me in retrospect. Like anyway, <laughs> I mean, that's,
1: I mean, you gotta think as a kid, you're like, well, he no longer has a system that I, don't, Oh, but that's so... right. He did have a
0: PlayStation. He was the first person I knew in real life that had a PlayStation. Yeah. So I was able to play, um, need for speed. At his house oh and what else I think it might have been, I think his house might have been the first place that I played Jet Moto um so yeah. yeah that's that's also getting into well heck when did he have it if I was hanging out with him that would have been 1995 I would have been 11 so yeah so that's like not even into middle school yet I already have the PlayStation around man like all of all of like elementary school was like basically the 16 bit generation, yeah, <laughs> for the most part. Um, but anyway, yeah, and then later on in middle school, ended up playing a lot of N64 stuff like Goldeneye, like a lot of the stuff that you mentioned, but then also WCW versus NWO, played the heck out of that,
2: yeah, um, so at one of my
0: friend's houses in the garage. I already know that I've also talked about this on some other episode, I'm pretty sure, anyway. Um, but yeah, when we had tournaments. And like there was a whiteboard in his garage, so we had like the brackets that were set up. So like we would do our like one v one matches, and like I don't know, like cheer each other on, and like get down to the top two, and like just for the day have our championship, and then like we'd do it again like in a few days or next week or something. And yeah. it was it was a crap ton of fun.
1: Yeah, I I remember in primary school like playing Super Smash Brothers. Like we like there weren't too many like get together and game things because i wasn't really old enough to go places on my own whereas by middle school it's like well, i just ride my bike over to my friend's house and it's done but yeah you know i had to get my mom to drop me off somewhere yeah. <laughs> or the other one but i remember talking about like at school we're like oh we're gonna play smash brothers one of these days in like a month we're gonna play smash brothers and i just remember going home and practicing and like it was cool because I could set up teams of like multiple CPU opponents to come after me, and yeah. I just like practiced and you know overtrain, you know, <laughs> as Heck much yeah. as I could, you know, even that's, though I get my butt kicked,
0: dude. That's that's the I mean I overtrained with Mario Kart when I was a kid, yeah. <laughs> I'd get those multiplayer games, but man, I'd play them a lot by myself so that I could be good and beat the crap out of my friends.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, that's also part of the reason why I got like I was getting Street Fighter because so I'm like, I'm getting destroyed in the arcade. I need to learn how to play a character.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But um, well, my stepsister got good.
1: You're well, I'm sorry. So my stepsister got good. She got yeah. good.
0: She got good with Chun li Nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's all I got for that. Anything else before we move on to the news?
1: Not that I can think of though. I'll probably just like blurt it out. It's like,
0: Oh yeah, we used to play. No. <laughs> you say that, but so far, I don't know if you've done that. Yeah. I kind of like I'm to say that every, every time. time, like I kind of hope that it's going to happen. I okay. hope that I'm going to just be wildly interrupted <laughs> with oh, whatever you referenced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One okay.
1: day. Okay. One day.
0: Uh, All right, new Game Boy Advance game, Good Boy Galaxy, now available for pre-order. This is not just on the Game Boy Advance, by the way. It's also going to become a Nintendo Switch and PC, but it is coming to real physical cartridges for the Game Boy Advance, Mm. and this looks like a pretty cute game.
1: (laughs) It really is. And, you know, I actually um, was recently given a Game Boy Advance SP, and... Um, Oh, yeah. So I ran into a coworker um, and basically because it it was just a loose Game Boy Advance SP and um, so I don't have a charger for it. But I ran into a coworker who had one. He he had one in his bag and he actually converted to USB-C
0: charging. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, that... Instead of buying a charger, I might just do that. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> so, there's, like, there's there's, a mod for anything you want to do to a Game Boy these days. It's it, uh, it's pretty amazing. Especially USB-C. I think Linus Tech
1: Tips, they did a whole thing where they did like NES, SNES, N64, all USB-C power. Done. Like, yeah. And that way, it's not region locked either. Um, so you can use them whenever because it'll negotiate the power. But anyway, yeah. this I checked this game out a little bit. It looks pretty. Pretty cool. I think ideally I would just purchase it on Steam. Um, but I think that I just cause I want to just support this. I want to support this idea that they're yeah making new GBA games because you
0: you hear a lot about new Game Boy games, like those are more common. Well, there's there's a whole like engine that you can develop Game Boy games in. You can just download it off of GitHub. I've downloaded yeah. it. Like when we talked about like joked about there being a Game Boy retro game time machine game i yeah. just i saw that that existed and i downloaded it i haven't done anything with it but i'm yeah. like one day <laughs> one yeah. day i could make a terrible game that you know two people could download who listen to the show <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah,
1: yeah yeah it's just um so but this is those I think two people are of us a, yeah yeah <laughs> yes well maybe i don't (laughs) know i'm just kidding i would download it Um, uh,
0: i would have to upload it just so i could download it (laughs) (laughs) there you go
1: um but but this game um yeah this is the first game boy advance game that i have heard of that's coming out new recently
0: yeah Uh, me too like at least on a real physical cart that you can buy Mm-hmm. And it's a cute little
1: dog it looks like he's in space or something like that um so yeah. i i'm
0: it's basically I mean, starfield
1: so, so i was gonna <laughs> i was looking for um to see maybe if i could like if i could wish list it or something like that or even i would love to give them money before um it comes out um I don't I don't think I see it up on Steam yet, so the we probably Fair have to reorder it somewhere else.
0: Uh yeah, it shows that the physical editions are through first press games.
1: Mm, okay.
0: And everything is in Euros right now. Yeah, shoot. But it looks cool. Yeah. I'm into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it looks like it was a Kickstarter that was successfully funded at some point also. Um, Sweet. So it doesn't say anything about release date. I wish I I had that.
0: but It's you know, all right. Pre-order. Just look at the show notes, follow some links.
1: Oh, there is a demo also. You can download a demo. So that's awesome. Uh, okay, so next up uh, we got... Atari reveals 50th anniversary arcade cabinet collab with Arcade One Up.
0: Ooh, yeah, it's a cool looking little cabinet there. I like the the yellow and black aesthetic that it's got.
1: Um, and does this have the um like? Th- does this basically run uh, Atari's like? I don't know. There, there was a recent Rata- Atari game that came out that I thought it was called like Atari Fifty or something like that.
0: Oh, I mean, yeah. So Atari 50, uh, did release for like all modern consoles and PC. Uh, this has 64 classic games that retro fans know and love, but they don't have all of them in this article. Uh, it says including centipede asteroids, super breakout, uh, crystal castles, dark chambers, star Raiders, Tempest, sword quest, Yars revenge, and more. Mm. Um, I'd be into Tempest. Tempest is fun.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is this is cool. So it looks like it comes packed with sixty-four classic. I don't know if you yes. you, you actually said that number. Yes. So it's more than <laughs> than fifty games or something like that. Hence yeah. The the, Atari, well, the 50.
0: the the fifty is just the you know the fiftieth anniversary of the existence yeah. of Atari.
1: I was confused. I thought there were fifty games in there too. Got but. it. <laughs> that's cool 64 games it's enticing you know considering that i've got the um like the in my garage the arcade one up the nba jam, jam. yeah but that definitely is using a lot of valuable space <laughs> so might have to figure something out there or a new home for it or something I
0: really wish that i had the valuable space to take it off your hands
1: yeah, I'm waiting for your you, you to say like, oh, you know what? I don't need a refrigerator anymore. We, we could just <laughs> put it there. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm like, well, I could put it in the living room, but I also can't put it in the living room. <laughs> exactly,
1: exactly. You you um, that's out literally out of bounds.
0: No, you, you know, know what? You know what? Like. I think my I, I my partner is cool enough that I think she would agree to it, but I don't want to put her in that position. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> what if you got like a really cool dec- decorative tapestry to put over it when you're not using it? That would be, that would be kind of nice, right?
0: Like then it could be decorative, and and then I just leave enough. it in attract mode behind you. Just you're welcome to NBA <laughs> Jam. It's just like go. what was that? Nothing. Don't look behind the curtain. <laughs> He's heating up. (laughs) Boom shakalaka. (laughs) Is it the shoes? It'd be just really funny to pretend that I don't have an NBA jam arcade cabinet back there. Now I'm just thinking of it as if it was a sketch on, uh, I think you should leave. Yeah. Anyway, be be really obnoxious like that. Um, all right. Arcade 1-Up cabinets, Atari, 50th anniversary, cool stuff. Anything else you want to talk about in the news uh, or otherwise before we get in the time machine so we can talk about Super Mario Brothers?
1: Nothing comes to mind.
0: All right. Let's get in that time machine. And we have arrived. It is September the 13th. The year is 1985. And hark on the thing that I wasn't listening to cause I was a very small baby. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was on the radio, I guess. Uh, number one song in the United States today is St. Elmo's fire in parentheses, man in motion from John Parr. And I think this is probably from a movie St. Elmo's fire because the music video, has a lot of actors that i recognize like um the sheen brother that isn't a sheen emilio estevez oh um yeah and i know there's some other folks that i saw i really do not remember this song at all but you know what i do remember the next song that was the number one song in the uk today which is dancing in the street from david bowie and mick jagger
1: oh I think I think both of these like songs are fighting for the title of most '80s song that they're Dude, in. dancing
0: in the streets. Awesome,
1: yeah. <laughs> I uh, mean, it it, it was mid '80s, so there you go. It's <laughs> it's right at the peak, right? You're, you're gonna
0: you're gonna diss David Bowie and Mick Jagger? You're like, just this is this is '80s is all you have to say.
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm just I'm just saying like it was right in the middle of of the '80s, but. You know, both. You both are stating sun,
0: facts. Yes.
1: They're just like very <laughs> iconic. Like, I mean, what do you, what do you expect for 1985? Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> We're at the top of the mountain when it comes to 80s. <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> uh, other things happening this month: September the 9th, President Reagan. That's right. This is when this was orders sanctions against South Africa. And then September the 14th, one of the most amazing things in the world that to ever happened has happened. The Golden Girls, starring B. Arthur, Betty White, Rue McClanahan, and Estelle Getty, debuts on NBC. What a day. Yeah. Man, get Super Mario Brothers in Japan, and then the very next day, the Golden Girls. This could be the best month in the history of the world. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Did you sure. ever watch the golden girls?
1: Oh yeah. My mom used to watch it particularly before bed. Okay. Like stuff like that. I, I would I, it didn't appeal to me, mm. but it probably would now.
0: Yeah. It was, it's funny. Uh, it's yeah. I mean, I haven't watched it in a while, but it's a, uh, it's a funny show.
1: Yeah. I, and I, I think it was Betty white who enjoyed, uh, bologna and lettuce sandwiches.
0: Oh, probably.
1: And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've yet to try it. I, I read that when she was still alive, but you know, rest in
0: peace, by the way. So, all right, be in peace. September the 20th, Walt Disney World's 200 millionth guest appears. Already that many people? This is 1985, man. How many people have gone to Disney World now? yeah it's like we've welcomed our 35 billionth person which technically there's not that many people but or i don't know man actually people have died and people have been born hmm mm -hmm. rotating anyway getting a little little too heady for this disney world (laughs) guest thing uh september 22nd the, I, I put this in here for you. The first Farm Aid Benefit concert. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, no, we talked about it. Like, yes. this has come up multiple times, but I know we talked about it. Uh, maybe the last episode? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Happened in Champaign, Illinois, uh, organized by Willie Nelson, Neil Young, John Mellencamp. Performers included Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, Billy Joel, BB King, Hoyt Axton, uh Jody Mitchell ricky lee jones and emmy lou harris
1: and they still do these right i should just go to one so that- i don't know if they're still happening okay <laughs> like i don't know
0: if they're yeah i don't know if, i don't know if it's still a thing like 38 years later okay or not <laughs> um yeah it's like <laughs> we got to go to the 38th annual Farmade. we've talked about it enough yeah exactly <laughs> it's like any it's funny though anytime i've seen it i've thrown it in here i'm like why not Farmade? Yeah. Anytime we have a September game after 1985, September the 29th, Alfred Hitchcock presents returns to NBC TV also September the 29th in the greatest television month, MacGyver starring Richard Dean Anderson debuts on ABC TV, man. I love that show. I used to watch. I used to watch reruns of MacGyver with my parents all the time. (laughs) Mm uh 29th houston quarterback warren moon was sacked uh tying an nfl record 12 times uh, and he was sacked by the cowboys that many times uh music release this month includes "Rain Dogs" from tom waits hounds of love from kate bush in square circle from stevie wonder you are under arrest from miles davis asylum from kiss eaten alive from diana ross the fury from gary newman Marching out from Ingve Malmsteen, and here's to future days from Thompson Twins. Movies released this month include Murder by Reason of Insanity, Invasion USA, the the complete Al, which is a Weird Al Yankovic movie, uh, Journey, the Journey of Natty Gan. It's a Disney movie that I've never heard of, and it's starring John Cusack. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Mussolini and I, Family Ties, Vacation. And morons from outer space. Uh, also, not surprisingly, 1985, people weren't really keeping track of video game releases and what day they happened.
1: Yeah, no, they they weren't really um, important anymore. Yeah, so we
0: are we are, and I I think I mentioned it, the the September the 13th. This is based off of the Japanese release date of. Yeah super mario brothers which normally i don't do normally i stick with the u.s the u.s release date but it was just like october of 1985 and i'm like i like having a specific day if i can because it's it's fun you know anyway uh so yeah with no real specific video game release information other than hey super mario brothers came out in japan this month so that's all i got please
1: Did, did the original release have duck hunt on it as well
0: or was it always a, um, that's the thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it was. So I don't think, I don't think so in Japan. I don't yeah, think it was think. bundled. Um, I don't know what one, po- at what point it was bundled in the United States. I, I don't know if that was right away. Cause I also like, I played this game off of my super Mario brothers cartridge.
1: Oh, okay. Though I do have,
0: though I do have Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt as well.
1: I see. Okay.
0: But there is also like Super Mario Brothers, Track and Field and Duck Hunt that's out there too. Wow. Like the triple game cartridge, but I've never played one of those.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say, hey, Duck Hunt is one more. (laughs) That's one other game we could say that was released. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And
0: I have seen an individual Duck Hunt cartridge. I think I had one for a while, but it was in in pretty bad shape. Oh, bummer. Might have been worth some money. Um, Uh, Not in the shape it was in.
1: No. Anyway, Super Mario Bros. released, uh, as MASH said earlier, September 13th, 1985 in Japan and October 1985 in the U.S., Today it is playable on everything. Uh, just kidding. A Pretty lot of much things.
0: any Nintendo thing except the Nintendo 64.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was a really dark age for backwards compatibility, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, it just wasn't there. Uh, so, you know, hey, just for the sake of listing things, um, <laughs> NES, SNES, GameCube, Wii, Wii U, Switch, NES Mini, uh, um, Super Mario
0: Bros., nintendo handheld <laughs> yeah <I> remember that <laughs> yeah they yeah, came yeah it's on your shelf and my shelf too my shelf.
1: yeah yeah exactly uh the game boy
0: advance is that technically like super mario advance and anyway uh, uh, you know what that one that one oh there's an nes classics cartridge i'm pretty oh, sure
1: okay okay there you go and um nintendo 3ds I guess I guess the DS was enlisted in there. That's one.
0: So is is there a native way for the DS to play it, or is it the GBA cart?
1: Because oh, so oh, I, I also yeah.
0: compiled this list off of the top of my head. Oh, okay. Like this is the okay. thing where I was like, I know it's on these things. Mm. which is why like i couldn't think of a like nintendo ds cartridge that has super mario brothers on it but that does not mean it doesn't exist
1: yeah not that i can think of except for you know i don't know what dsi came a little late and that's where you could actually download titles oh, there so i
0: don't know maybe I, I don't know if nintendo packs something in maybe. there Maybe well, we research that for for the GameCube, the only way that I knew a hundred percent that they, that it was on there is Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing, yeah, <laughs>
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. I don't know if there's a different way to play that on the GameCube, but I for sure know you can play <laughs> can play there, Super Mario Brothers via Animal Crossing.
1: If we're getting technical, there is the GBA player on the GameCube, <laughs> so you can play Game Boy Advance
0: games. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. So there That's, you are. And there game we go. go.
1: So and then I, I don't think there was an official port on Game Boy that was not on the lists here, so I'm no. not faulting you for it, but that's you know, just one thing. But I could be wrong. <laughs> uh, because it's an important game. So we're gonna talk about the history here.
0: There's uh, so okay, so warning to you and warning to everyone. Yeah. There's a huge wall of text that's coming that we're gonna okay. be going through that has a lot of cool information. I feel like though, because it's it's such a wall of text. We should stop and discuss whenever whenever is appropriate. Okay, just want to cool. throw that out there.
1: Cool. Uh, so going for the history here Super Mario Bros. was the bane brainchild of uh Shigeru Miyamoto, the
0: brainchild, the
1: brainchild. <laughs> <laughs> and Takashi Tezuka, both part of Nintendo's creative development. The game's programming was largely handled by Toshihiko Nakago <laughs> from. Uh, srd company limited which later became a significant nintendo partner and ultimately a wholly owned subsidiary the original mario brothers game released in 1983 was an arcade platformer confined to a single screen without with a black background miyamoto initially coined the term athletic games (laughs) to describe what would later be known as platform games for Super Mario Brothers, Miyamoto aimed to transform the concept of athletic games into a more vibrant experience with scrolling screens and larger
0: characters. I like the athletic games. <laughs> like it's true, man. Mario is booking it. He's yeah. running like yes. all the time.
1: Yeah, he's he's kind of like a Olympic Olympic like hurdle runner. You know, seriously, way, jumping over things and yeah.
0: Yeah, like games that and like he also does the high jump.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's yeah. uh, yeah.
1: Who could forget the um fireball throw? You know, that's the <laughs> yeah.
0: It's it's just like um, shot put, basically. Yeah, exactly.
1: Exactly the like classic.
0: <laughs> you know, in ancient Greece, they'd actually light the shot put on fire.
1: <laughs> uh, y- y- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, sure. For the <laughs> sure. <laughs>
0: Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, the development process was a culmination of their technical expertise gained from working on titles like Devil World, Excite Bike, and Kung Fu in 1984, coupled with their ambition to push the envelope of the platforming athletic game genre that they had pione- that they had pioneered in their earlier projects. The side-scrolling gameplay of Excitebike, a racing game, and Kung Fu Master, a beat-em-up title, with the latter being adapted by Miyamoto's team for the NES as Kung Fu, were crucial steps toward realizing Miyamoto's vision of an expansive, side-scrolling platformer. Notably, Kung Fu Master drew inspiration from the, the Jackie Chan film Wheels on Meals from 1984. During... Uh, During their work on Excitebike and Kung Fu, Miyamoto conceived the idea of a platformer that would require players to strategize while scrolling sideways over long distances. Feature both above ground and underground levels. Sorry, like I paused for a second and I was like, oh my God, that's right. Somebody had to think of that. Somebody had to, like, that wasn't a thing. Yep. You had to, like, strategize while scrolling sideways. Like... (laughs) It sounds funny, but I'm like, yeah, that, that sums up what a platformer is. Like you gotta, you gotta think through what you're about to do and jump and maneuver in any way.
1: Yeah. And sometimes things spawn right on top of you as you're running. Yeah. <laughs> like in Mario Bros. Anyway, I'm sorry. that That's a bone I have to pick with a game.
0: <laughs> uh, so let's see to continue that. It says and replace the conventional black backgrounds with vibrant ones. Uh, Super Mario Brothers utilized the high-speed scrolling engine originally developed for Excite Bike by Miyamoto's team, enabling Mario to seamlessly transition from walking to running—a departure from earlier platforms or platformers with fixed speeds. That like I think that is so cool that yeah. they used like the concept of Excite Bike to 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 help create Mario. Like Excite Bike was one of my favorite NES games when I was yeah. growing up. So. It's it's fun to hear that one of my favorite early games would like helped be some of the inspiration for potentially the most influential game that has ever been made.
1: <laughs> and I,
0: I imagine that
1: Excite Bike came out later, right?
0: Like, no, it came out early. It came out before, it came out in nineteen eighty four.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. Excite bike is an influence <laughs> for, yeah, Mar- for Mario. That's that's really interesting.
1: Miyamoto's ambition also included creating a game that would serve as a fitting send-off for the ROM cartridge format before the impending release of the Famicom disk system. Super Mario Bros. was developed in parallel with another Famicom game you may have heard of, The Legend of Zelda, (laughs) which was also directed and designed by Miyamoto and released in Japan five months later. These two games shared certain elements. For example, uh, the fire bars seen in Mario's castle levels had their origins in Zelda.
0: Oh, wow. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. That's cool. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking like maybe the dragon kind of shoots like fire, fireballs that go like up and down or something like that. I'm trying to think where that actually came from, but.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, cause I, I've never really played the original Zelda
1: yeah i never finished it i'm I have a knack for 2d zelda starting them but not finishing them
0: oh yeah wait did you ever finish
1: uh link to the past no yeah. oh
0: I'm a oh loser. God, dude, <laughs> no you're not a loser but come on <laughs>
1: yeah, i know <laughs> uh
0: all right to ensure a new game would be available for the end of the year shopping season nintendo adopted a strategy of simplicity the development began with a prototype where players controlled a 16 by 32 pixel square on a single screen. The decision to use Mario as the main character came after Tezuka observed the impressive sales figures of Mario Brothers. The moniker Super Mario Brothers was, uh, was chosen after the inclusion of Super Mushroom Power Up. Although, An early concept involved Mario and Luigi piloting rocket ships while battling enemies. What? That sounds fun, too. A shmup. (laughs) Yeah, Super Mario shmup. Um, This idea was ultimately discarded. However, remnants of this concept can still be found in the game's sky-based bonus stages. Oh, man, that would have been fun. Mm. The development, though, obviously not as, like, it wouldn't have been as important. Um, The development team found it Counterintuitive that Mario would be harmed by stomping on turtles as seen in Mario Brothers, so they decided that future Mario games would allow players to stomp on turtles without consequence. Initially, Miyamoto envisioned Bowser as an ox, drawing inspiration from the Ox King character in the 1960 toy animation film Alakazam the Great. However, Tezuka felt that Bowser resembled a turtle more closely, leading to a collaborative effort to finalize his design as a turtle like character. Interesting. Weird. Uh, he was supposed to be an ox. And they're yeah. like, no. His, his, his pixels, he looks like a turtle. He's a turtle.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the development of Super Mario Bros. serves as an early example of specialization within the video game industry. A trend facilitated and necessitated by the arcade-capable hardware of the Famicom. Miyamoto was responsible for designing the the game world and leading a team consisting of seven programmers and artists who transformed his concepts into code, sprites, music, and sound effects. Developers from previous successful games joined joined the team, (laughs) bringing them with uh, various programming techniques, features, and design refinements. These included elements like from games like donkey kong donkey kong junior mario bros uh such as slopes lifts conveyor belts ladders ropes logs springs enemy attacks enemy movement frozen platforms and pow blocks I, i guess that's how you pronounce that
0: yeah the team based their level design around a smaller version of mario initially planning to increase his size in the final version However, they decided to introduce the concept of Mario changing size through power-ups, adding depth to the gameplay. Early level design focused on teaching players that mushrooms were distinct from Goombas and would benefit them. Consequently, the first mushroom in the game is intentionally challenging to avoid when released in the first level. The idea of using mushrooms to change size was influenced by the Japanese folktales in which uh, people ventured into the forest and consumed magical mushrooms. This inspiration also led to the game world being named the Mushroom Kingdom. beginning levels with a small Mario was intended to make obtaining a mushroom feel more rewarding. Miyamoto clarified that the decision to include small Mario wasn't due to a bug causing only his upper half to appear. (laughs) Uh, The iconic shell-kicking one-up trick underwent careful testing, but players proved to be more skilled at pulling it off than initially anticipated. Other features, such as blocks containing multiple coins, were born out of programming glitches. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Yeah,
1: that's fun. (laughs) They're like, this thing has unlimited coins, but it's kind of fun to sit here and hit it for a while. Let's just make it a finite number, but more than one. (laughs) Yeah. Super Mario Bros. was developed to fit within a cartridge with 256 whole kilobytes.
0: Kilobits
1: kilobits excuse me no it's
0: okay i just wanted to throw out like that that's even smaller
1: yeah yeah one one eighth in size 32 kilobytes yeah that's Uh, wild man that's so small god you'd be lucky to make anything that small like (laughs) a file of any type is usually larger than that so um Um, Okay, so 32 kilobytes or 256 kilobits of program code and data alongside 64 kilobits uh, for sprite and background graphics. Given these storage limitations, the designers embrace the challenge for maximizing space efficiency akin to a lively television game show competition. For instance... Clouds and bushes in the game's backgrounds shared the same sprites but with different colors and background tiles were generated through an automatic algorithm. Sound effects were also repurposed. For instance, the sound of Mario being damaged was the same as when he entered a pipe. Uh, And Mario jumping on an enemy used the same sound as each stroke during swimming. (laughs) as the development neared completion the team decided to introduce players to a simple easily defeatable enemy rather than uh, starting with koopa troopas at that point available memory was nearly exhausted prompting for the creation of goombas by using a single static image that was flipped back and forth to save space while uh, achieving a convincing character animation after incorporating the game's music approximately 20 bytes of unused cartridge space remained uh, Miyamoto seized this opportunity to add a sprite of a crown to the game which would appear in the player's life counter as a reward for collecting 10 lives
0: wow like the the magic that they were able to do with such like a small amount of space yeah it's incredible
1: Yeah, it's, I mean, even today with everything just being, it would be difficult to program this way now, you know, because.
0: Yeah, though I did a few years ago play a 3D FPS that was under a hundred kilobytes. Oh, yeah. Because of the way that it was, the way that it was written in this like, uh, this like game jam or something. Anyway, it's pretty wild.
1: I, I I watched one YouTube video where someone tried to make a game that was in a QR code, like the, so you could oh, wow. scan it and it, that would give all the game information. And, uh, and then
0: it would, yeah, just everything just lives in your RAM.
1: Yeah, just tried to make a snake game, essentially a snake clone, but it wasn't. They they failed. They weren't able to do it. It's a little I mean, too tight. It's hard <laughs> making
0: Metal Gear Solid.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Correct.
0: But um. <laughs> Alright, as far as the reception, Super Mario Bros. was a massive hit, both in terms of sales and critical acclaim. It played a significant role in popularizing side-scrolling aka athletic games. (laughs) Um, And was a major selling point for the NES. Uh, When it first released in Japan in September of 1985, an astonishing 1.2 million copies flew off the shelves in a single month. Within just four months, a staggering 3 million copies had been sold in Japan. This is wild. Yeah, Like, that is crazy numbers for video game sales at this time. Like, yeah. holy crap. <laughs> uh Raking in over 12.2 billion yen, which is the equivalent to a whopping 72 million dollars at the time, or 196 million uh, when adjusted for inflation in 2022. This phenomenal success also... So, actually, if we adjust for 2023... <laughs> Yeah. Then what is this like 500 million? Anyway, just kidding. Uh, this phenomenal success also gave a massive boost to Famicom sales, bringing them up to 6.2 million units by January, 1986 by 1987 an impressive 5 million copies of the game have been sold for the Famicom alone. Outside Um, of, Oh yeah. I would say, I didn't know if that next one was still me or not, but please.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll take a couple here. So uh, outside of Japan, many people were introduced to the game through the arcade version, which became a top-selling release for the Nintendo Versus system. Yeah, Um, yeah, I'm not familiar.
0: It's yeah, it's a it's a way to play two-player Nintendo games in the arcade. Basically, wow. Okay, and and Mario Brothers
1: was there. Yeah, Super Mario Brothers, I should say.
0: Yes. And I, um, I, think I've played one of those um, at an arcade convention. Wow! Like one of the verses and Super Mario Brothers.
1: Yeah, that would be really interesting. Um, in just a few months, in early 1986, an astonishing 200, excuse me, twenty thousand arcade units of the game were snapped up in the United States. The NES version of the game saw incredible success. Over one million copies were sold in 1986 and this number skyrocketed more than 4 million by 1988. By mid-1989, the tally had reached a staggering 9.1 million copies and continued to climb, with more than 18.7 million copies sold by early 1990 and nearly 19 million by April 1990. The game's popularity persisted with more than 20 million copies sold by 1991.
0: That's... Dude, this is nuts.
1: This is how video games were reborn. This is, like, like,
0: really, honestly, like, thinking about how pessimistic people were about video games after Atari and all the shovelware that, like, ended up coming out on Atari. And then, like, people not really wanting to get into video games, but then here comes Super Mario Brothers on this brand new Nintendo video game like console. Like this is, these are bonkers sales numbers for 1985, even into the late 80s. Just like what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like everyone, it, 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 it's true though. Like everyone, like adults owned this. I played not to get too far ahead of myself, but I played this game at my aunt and uncle's house Mm -hmm. Where, like, when I was spending time with my cousin, who's a year younger than me, I was already, like, four, like, I think it was four playing this at their house. Maybe five playing this at their house. And wait, then when did I get my NES? Man, my brain is all foggy. Anyway, I didn't own this game initially, but, like, playing it over there, like, they they, they weren't buying it for their kids. The kids couldn't yeah. even play the stuff yet. Like and and my dad had an NES that he ended up giving to me. Like adults were buying this, like obviously because of those freaking sales numbers. But like it's, it's just wild. To, like I wish that I could have really seen as an adult, like the runaway success of this game and the effect that it had on like popular culture at the time. Like really?
1: Yeah. And <clears throat> I think that, Maybe some of the success was also <clears throat> excuse me, um, preempted by Atari because Atari had flooded the market and forced it into dormancy, basically. No one was interested in buying, like they were console manufacturers, they were trying to release video games, but interest was just not there. Yeah. And then, you know, they just needed a big hit to to wake it back up again, I think. And yeah.
0: I think this was it. I just like we still have more to talk about, but like I just wonder if this game wouldn't have come out, like would we be even doing this podcast? <laughs> like, it, like, uh, like that. It's it's such a wild thing to think about. Like the runaway success of this game, ca- like, caused and influenced so many things that like I fell in love with. Yeah, and why I like video games so much. So anyway, sorry it to. Could-
1: <laughs> could have just been different you know like just that's true we could have been you know still fans but very different games you know
0: could have come out
1: yeah but anyway. i mean man what is what a smash success for nintendo though
0: all right are you are you picking up or is it me i think it i think
1: yeah i'll let you take the wheel
0: All right, when you add it all up, by 1994, over 40 million copies of the original (laughs) NES version had been sold worldwide. Wow. This number continued to grow, reaching 40.23 million by April 2000, earning the game the prestigious title of the Guinness World Record holder for the best-selling video game of all time. I'm sorry, Super Mario Brothers, but now that Grand Theft Auto V has taken that... (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah is it is that true are they north of 40 million copies i guess like
0: i'm pretty sure that they're at 50 or 60 something million copies at this point okay okay got it um uh excluding excluding ports and re-releases a whopping 40.24 million copies of the original nes release has been sold worldwide with a staggering 29 million of those in north america alone wow when you factor in the various ports and re-releases, this number soared to over fifty-eight million units sold globally.
1: That's kind of an interesting thing too, because okay, it sold better in America because you know there is just a lot more people. You know, I that's guess. true. And, you know, when you compare, you just have more area, and that's why you know um, I think video games are very popular in the U.S. because they were, I think, they were marketed pretty heavily by then Japanese companies and leader American country, country uh, companies. Right. So, yeah. Um, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll bring us home here. Uh, this incredible achievement made super Mario bros, the best selling game of all time for more than two decades until it was eventually surpassed by Wii sports in 2006. Hey, look
0: at that. Oh, um, you know what? Wii sports might still hold the title. Yeah, cause it 100% because it had a percent it attachment. Since It was a, yeah, since it was a pack-in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, I
1: feel
0: oh, like that'd be deep, so wild.
1: But I mean, it's, it's the original Mario Brothers.
0: I mean, hey, so the, yeah, and so was Super Mario Brother or sorry, Super Mario World. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Sure. Even when it made its way to the Wii Virtual Console, it didn't lose its charm. It quickly rose to the number one spot (laughs) by mid-2007. And by 2009, it had sold approximately 660,000 units for 3.2 million outside of Japan and Korea.
0: All they had to do was upload that ROM.
1: Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And there's some theorized that they actually... um,
0: download it yeah yeah (laughs) that'd be hilarious download a pirated rom and then they're like take all the pirated roms off the internet because we got the one we needed (laughs) we don't know how to dump this rom so thank you and screw you
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, when it comes to reviews super mario brothers received heaps of praise there probably weren't a lot of um, like you know media outlets covering
0: just video games at the time <laughs> but yeah uh, not not at the time not yet or maybe uh, maybe they did and i just am completely ignorant yeah uh claire edge edgely of oh hey there we go we got we got a video game magazine yeah of computer and video
1: games lauded the arcade version for its surprising depth Predicting that it would be a major hit upon its 1986 debut.
0: I think that's for Europe. Okay, there we go.
1: And uh, Top Score Newsletter also commended the game, calling it one of the best video games of the year, praising its blend of familiar gameplay elements and innovative twists. As for the Enneas, version reviewers couldn't get enough of it computer entertainer magazines video game update segment in june of 1986 praised the game's cute graphics lively music and depth of play calling it a must-have for nes owners top score in their review noted that it was nearly identical to the arcade version and deemed it a near perfect game with simple mechanics, numerous incentives, hidden surprises, vibrant graphics, and skillfully composed music. And I said bring us home, but we got one more section. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, so, I'm going to say I agree that it is a near perfect game.
1: Yeah. yeah if, near. You know, <laughs> when you consider... <laughs> for, you know, for the, the time, perfect.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. today near perfect okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um all right as far as the overview which i thought it was kind of silly to have this in here because like come on everybody knows mm. super mario brothers but i was actually curious yeah as to how it's described So super mario brothers is a side-scrolling platform game AKA athletic game. I'm <laughs> just going to keep <laughs> gonna throwing that in that. there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where players control Mario with Luigi available in multiplayer mode. You mean green Mario?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, the goal is to race through the mushroom kingdom, overcome Bowser's forces and rescue princess toadstool players move to the right to reach the flagpole at the end of each level. <laughs> They move to the right. That's the yeah. that's the explanation of the gameplay right there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you can't go can't go to the left. That's not allowed. You Why? absolutely can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the game uh, world features coins to collect and special bricks marked with a question mark. Hitting these bricks may reveal more coins or special items. Some secret bricks contain hidden coins or rare items. Collecting a super mushroom allows Mario to grow in size and break bricks above him. If hit, he reverts to regular Mario.
0: (laughs) Players start with lives and can gain more by collecting green 1-up mushrooms, gathering 100 coins, defeating enemies with a Koopa shell, or bouncing on enemies without touching the ground. Losing a life occurs when taking damage as small Mario, falling in a pit, or running out of time. Players can continue from the first level after running out of lives.
1: Mario's primary attack is jumping on enemies, um, but enemies respond differently. For example, Goombas are defeated, while Koopa Troopas retract into shells that can be used as projectiles. Some enemies can't be jumped on and harm mario power-ups like fire flower allow mario to throw fireballs the star man makes mario temporarily invincible i wonder where the term Starman
0: i would that always confused me uh the game consists of eight worlds each with four stages each world's final stage features a battle with a false bowser <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny i've never realized it's supposed to be a false bowser
1: yeah, uh, and, and one of them, you know, when you kill him, it turns into a squid. You oh! Know, on one of the worlds, and I always thought that was a bug. A but false when, Bowser. Yeah, it's just, like, they all, for some reason, they all die. They all fall, but one turns into a squid. For some reason.
0: Weird. Uh so let's see. They're all false Bowsers, except for the Eighth World, where the real Bowser is found. Bowser and his decoys are defeated by reaching the at the end of the bridge
1: no that makes no sense
0: the game includes underwater stages bonuses and secret areas oh the secrets this game has infected my brain on always looking for secrets in video games Uh, some secret areas have warp pipes allowing players to skip stages after completing the game players can replay it with increased difficulty like replacing goombas with buzzy beetles What you got? So yeah, from my
1: experience with this game, I've played it at various points, but I think everyone has at this point. Someone's touched it, seen it, something, you know, like. Yeah.
0: If if you were alive in the 80s or 90s, you've played this video game. Even if you're somebody's grandparent, like (laughs) you played this game.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, or at least are very aware of it, you know. Like, we'll just say that. But I never like aspired, like, oh, I'm going to finish this game because it's difficult, you know? Like, and I think I remember if, if ever, like, my, my cousin bought an NES like w- way late. Like, he bought, when the GameCube was out, he bought an N- NES off of eBay. There we go. That was the right put, time. I probably played a lot of like, I played Balloon Fight and Duck Hunt probably the most. Um, Oh, man.
0: The the music in Balloon Fight is so good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's very good. (laughs) It's so good. Um, But, you know, Mario Brothers is kind of repetitive in a way. Like, I didn't really see that. You Like, okay. Kind of repeats the same worlds over and again. I'm like, I don't have really a desire to beat this. and I'm not very good at it. That's the other thing. Like, for the longest time, like... I did I I'm not sure. I think it was recent that I figured out that you could actually run in this game. What? Yeah. That's the that's what? the interesting part. Holding B. I think I don't think I was ever always aware of that. And I think that the game Well, was, it really was, opens up. Yeah, once you can run <laughs> when you know
0: you can run. <laughs> yeah, because I feel like there's There's sections that you literally have to run.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think I was having a lot of difficulty maybe i i don't know because i was just like when i picked it up this time i'm like i think i can run with b and i'm like oh i can okay
0: yeah Um, i I guess to be fair like sometime in the past two years uh one of my favorite streamers played i think i think she played super mario world for the first time like her very first time yep she was hours into the game And didn't know she could run. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Finally, she was just like, this game is way harder than I feel like it should be. She's like, what am I missing? And chat's like, you can run. (laughs) (laughs) Cause like, you know, she, she tries, like she tries to not receive hints or help or spoilers or anything from, from her chat. And they do a really good job of respecting that. So like, it was painful like I was excited to watch her play it, but then I was like, I don't know if I can watch you play this.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yep. yep. That would be, yeah, that'd be, that would be difficult. Um,
0: <laughs> Cause you're just like, no, you can run. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. I, there there's, yeah. The, you know, sometimes like it's really hard for me to not backseat and Twitch and just say, like, can
0: I be a hint? You know, she didn't know that you could fly for so long. Yeah, the
1: cape. Oh, yeah. It was like,
0: oh, you you can. Oh, you're missing so much of the game right now. Yeah, I mean, but that's what you get when you don't have a uh, instruction manual. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, (laughs) you know, as for my impressions
1: of the game, like I, I, you know, I think it does really well. Like sometimes it's a little difficult to like like the edge detection. It's kind of
0: like. How do I describe this? Oh yeah.
1: it It's sometimes like a little difficult to like jump and like move just like one pixel so that you can jump up on something, you know, like that's, that's a little hard, I guess. Um, I don't know. It just feels a little wonky, like a little unforgiving when you, when it comes to platforming, I guess. Um, but yeah, like it's just like brutal. It feels like it's did it did math, and it's like no, sorry, you weren't exactly in the right place, so you fall. Um, and some of the later levels just they're really difficult. I would have pulled my hair out if I didn't have a way of rewinding the game or save stating and that sort of stuff. Like I don't like i I would love to. You know how on Xbox they have a percentage of like how many people got got this trophy. Or yeah. got this achievement. Yeah, this achievement. I would love to know, like, the percentage of people who actually finished this game, you know, versus people who played it.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to be skewed for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it's less than 1%. Like, I think it's that bad.
0: Like, because <laughs> it's,
1: it's hard.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I could see that nowadays. I feel like, though, since you didn't have any other options previously and that was like literally the best video game you could play for a while at the time <laughs> it's like all right just yeah. keep banging your head against that wall till you get better
1: yeah that's true that's true you know if you, i mean i I, tr- in room with it.
0: I was i was trying to do that this time around but then um i like i gave myself like 90 minutes when i was playing it on original hardware uh, so sorry, I gave myself ninety minutes while already starting from World Eight because oh. because I know like I the the warps to get you all the way to World Eight and then actually I only just learned this. If you are holding, so you get game over. You're in mm-hmm. World Eight. You're like crap. Now I gotta go to one two to do the warp and then so that i can go to world four and then from world four two then i can do the warp to go to world eight i had that down pat for a little while and then i learned oh after you game over in world eight hold a and press start when you choose to start a new game it throws you back in the world that you were already in
1: yeah that's i think that's critical I'm sure it was in the manual or something. <laughs> a,
0: Honestly, I don't know if it would have been.
1: Yeah.
0: Like that might have been something just like was like an Easter egg. Cheat code. Um <laughs> But I never had the manual for the for this game anyway.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Sorry. I think I totally cut you no, off. I think that's, that's think really I all I said is just the
1: you. later worlds just suck. That's the only other thing I can really say about the gameplay. Oh yeah. Cause you're or talking my, about my like a 1%
0: completion. Now yeah, remember, yeah. Now I remember why. Okay. Um, yeah, all right. Pretty, go take it away. What's your experience? So I think this is literally the first game I ever played. If mm. I remember correctly. Um, though I did not own it. This, uh, It was a running trend with me and Mario games because literally everyone else owned the game. I usually didn't use my own money to buy it or ask for for a gift because I felt like, well, that's going to be a waste. I only have a finite number of games I can get every year. Right. (laughs) Why am I going to get a game that everyone I know has? Yep. So, um. But yeah, I, I do think this was actually the first game I ever played. Super, super strong memories of the music. Like mm. I cannot remember a time in my life that I didn't know this music as far as like my brain goes.
1: <laughs> and I think the music, when you hear it on real hardware, like really punches really well um, versus, you know, a lot of emulated in other ways that you might have heard it just doesn't hit this quite the same way. Um I yeah, don't know that's just a theory that's a personal opinion of mine.
0: It's just it's so it's so good man. It's just so good. Mm. Um but yeah like I I played it at my cousin's house. I think initially I've played it at everyone's house <laughs> growing up. Uh but I didn't ever own this game until until I already owned an N64. I think by that time that's when like how you were saying what your cousin got an NES during the GameCube era
2: that's
0: that's like end of N64 beginning of GameCube is when I was like oh yeah like I still think my original Nintendo is pretty cool like obviously I'm not playing a bunch of stuff on it anymore but like Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I like I always had all of my con like all my old consoles around so I was like maybe I should start like getting some old games. Cause they're like a dollar at the flea market or 50 cents or something. So
2: yeah.
0: I think that's the time that I picked up, um, super Mario brothers just to finally like have it because I didn't own the game. Yep. Um, but for this episode of the show, I did play the game three times all the way through on like the Nintendo switch online version. Mm-hmm. So I played it, no warps, no skips, every single level. Um, I did use rewind and say or, or actually no save states really, just rewind um to get through the game initially. Then I did the same thing with the with the buzzy beetles and all that. Yeah. Um played through the game again there. And then just to see if anything different would happen, I played through it again, but I played using the warps. Um And then I also decided I wanted to try to play through it on original hardware. So I wasn't going to be a masochist and try to go through every single level. Um, I did all of the skips to get to World 8. And like I mentioned before, I spent 90 minutes on World 8. What's really funny is the very first time on World 8, I made it to 8.4. Mm. every time after that, I could only make it as far as eight, two. Oh shoot. So in the, like in the three lives that I had, I got to Bowser's doorstep and then died.
2: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And then I don't know what was wrong with me. Like every, like the rest of that 90 minutes that I spent was just like, Banging my head against a wall with eight one and eight two, and I just could not pass it. So I gave up and was like, "Well, Starfield's coming out the next day, so I'm just not going to worry about it."
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think I, you know, I played through, you know, did what you did, no warps, just like played through. But then I picked up uh the Super Mario All Stars version on Nintendo oh,
0: Switch One. That's so, right. I played that too. Yeah. Yeah, I played so, that all the way through, but I, I think I did use warps in that yeah. version.
1: I was using warps. I really like what they did with the tile set. Like they, you know, changed yeah. up the levels, made them less samey. So it doesn't feel like yeah. you're replaying the same level over and over again. Um, just different backgrounds. And um, I mean, it's a graphical improvement for sure. Like that's, Yeah, I don't know if
0: I, I I don't think I like it more though. Yeah. I I can't say that I like it more,
1: you know, like objectively it's, there's more detailed. There is more stuff there. So it doesn't feel right.
0: Technically the same thing with the music too. I was like, Oh, this is interesting. I definitely don't like this more, but it's interesting to like have another take on this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I like that. uh, how they were able to faithfully like recreate the controls. Like it feels a little easier to control. Like I was talking about the edge stuff that like the fine movement, um, was, was I think easier. Really? I just wanted to jump a little bit. I feel like, but for the most part, like it controls about the same.
0: I um, see. I was thrown off by the super Mario all-stars version because of Mario's sprite being different. Yeah. and I know exactly what his feet look like. Yeah. In the original game, as far as like placement and like oh, how I'm still technically standing on something, even though it really doesn't look like I am, yeah, um, that was very different with Mario's sprite in Super Mario All Stars.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty different. Um, I I didn't finish it. I think I just I again I was warping along till War World Four, World Five, somewhere around there. And then I didn't pick it up again. I played something else. So.
0: <laughs> Um also want to throw out there that um since we last recorded and the, like we didn't plan this, but it worked out perfectly. I got my retro USB AVS mm-hmm. in the mail. Yeah. So that was my like quote original hardware way to play it. Um so if anyone's not familiar, it is a FPGA NES that's made over at retrousb.com. Um and it, it does HDMI out. It is powered by USB. It has four NES controller ports on the front. It reads Ooh. NES cartridges. It reads uh Famicom cartridges. You can plug in a Famicom disc system to it. If you have it, like it, it fully supports it. But basically like this is for all intents and purposes, a modern NES that runs exactly the way that NES hardware does. It just has HDMI out and USB for power.
1: Yeah. It's like a, I mean, you said FPGA, but I mean, I guess in layman's terms, it's a reverse engineered um, essentially, you
0: know. Yeah, it's it's basically like instead of software emulation where you're using software to yeah. not only emulate the game itself, but you're emulating hardware through software. Yeah. Essentially, what FPGA is doing is it is taking a fully programmable piece of hardware And it is being told to execute the, the instructions that like exactly the same way that NES hardware would do it. Yeah. So the hardware is being told how to act like an NES as opposed to software being told how to act like an NES.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a minor difference, but it's, it's yeah.
0: Yeah. But in, but in practice, like it's, it's amazing. So Good. yeah, it, it plays. It played great. I loved playing. Like I loved playing that. Actually, it reminds me. I played a couple things that I didn't talk about, or sorry, that I didn't put in my what, what I've been playing. Yeah, because I kind of forgot since I've been playing Starfield.
1: <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be nice if they came out with some consoles like that where you could do like non traditional consoles, like throw in a uh, like a GBA cartridge. I know they have some of that stuff where you can you know scalp the board out of a GBA and yeah. make it into a little console. But if they, if they, I don't know, I'd love to see some more FPGA systems like that for other consoles as well. Um, because well, I don't own any
0: NES games. So, Well, you, you got the, what the analog pocket. That's an FPGA yeah, system.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Handheld system. Right.
0: And, um, uh, the other, duo that they made and uh their yep. genesis and uh it sucks though they're they're mega sg and super nt they're not selling anymore
1: yeah. they're done yeah
0: if they made an n64 who <laughs> i'm Otherwise. like that's got to happen sometime i yeah. think i think there's a i think we're waiting for some sort of patent to expire
1: Hmm.
0: anyway got it
1: um, did we want to talk about the music?
0: Oh, do we want to talk about the music? Of course we do. Uh, our friend Koji Kondo, and yeah. I don't know if it's his debut, but man, woo, yeah, got some some banger tracks in Super some, Mario Brothers. Some sick beats. <laughs> man, the music in this game is like it's just so freaking good. It, it's yeah. like. It is nuts. Like, the the main overworld theme, like, just probably everyone would wreck it. Like, play that for anyone who's over the age of five. Yeah, <laughs> and right. they've they're probably familiar with it. Um, but I don't know. Like the the underground theme is super iconic. Same yeah, I mean, with the underwater theme. Like there's not a lot of different music in the game.
1: No, no. I mean, we could play those three right there. To be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it, it, yeah,
1: exactly. They made, they made it work. Um, and it feels like there's variety, you know, just the right times.
0: Yeah, um, man, it's so good. I think we just, I think we just got to play, play some of it. So I will in just a moment, but I just had a memory Like, (laughs) I remember, how did I do this? Somehow, I like, wait, no, it wasn't even burning a CD. I used, I think I used a mini disc player Mm. to record the audio coming from my NES, just sitting there playing the music of super Mario brothers. I recorded it uh-huh. so that I could listen to this music in my car <laughs> when I was in <laughs> high school. Like, what a, you, what a weird person I am. I
1: was going to say, you must've been popular.
0: <laughs> I had friends. I mean, they also liked video games and I was like, you guys were <laughs> plugging in the mini disc player to my cassette adapter yeah. So that we can listen to super Mario brothers. Oh man. I also actually did that with, uh, the original grand theft auto soundtrack, like the different radio stations. I burned different CDs for the different radio stations, like Got it. head radio, FM stereo, like whatever. Oh my God. And chatterbox radio. I think I still have those burned CDs anyway.
1: Yeah. They have YouTube channels of like vice city, like radio stations. It's just like the complete track you can just play. And,
0: uh, yeah, I do that sometimes at work, you know, just like, yeah. So I like, but it was funny with grand theft auto, like the original one, they didn't have licensed music. So I was, I like, I was also like taking (laughs) the music that they made up for their stations. Um, and listening to that in my car anyway, (laughs) weird stuff. Yeah. Um all right. Uh any particular order you want to go in with some of our Super Mario Brothers music here? How about um in order of appearance? Okay, let's do it. We are starting with Overworld theme. <laughs>
1: I'm always so impressed when they can take a mono track and have like have like a baseline, you know, like multiple levels on the track. It's kind of like constantly jumping back and forth, you know, like to produce a multi-layered sound on a mono track.
0: Yeah, this is. Oh, I love you, Koji Kondo. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, up next we have the underground theme from Super Mario Brothers. I also just think of Group X. Group X? Yeah. Um, there's, it, it's, a, it's a whole thing in the early internet days. Um, <laughs> all you elder millennials listening will know what I'm talking about. Um, Yeah. Shigiri shigarita da 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 so
1: it's got lyrics what you're
0: saying yeah he's like hey chunky you want to play this new game it's called super mario twins they look so goddamn like the same person you say to them you want ice cream cone both of them say yes how in the hell (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness okay i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to link that um for all of you folks that are just like, are you having a stroke? What are you doing?
1: <laughs> no, I I remember Crawfish uh, Pinch used to actually quote this. I just, I never saw it. So oh, it sounds familiar now that you say that. So, yeah. He's listening. Hey. How the good. hell?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Both of them say yes. <laughs> anyway. All right. So that is our underground theme. And then now the ever-so-majestic underwater theme.
1: Yeah, I really like how that one loops too because the end of it sort yeah. of builds up to the the beginning. So, ah, uh, it's really good. Yeah, and again with those multi-layer tracks, a lot of video games at this time would have one of those tracks, but not two of them, <laughs> you know, going at the same time. So,
0: I think that's awesome. Just uh, so good again, Koji Kondo. I love you. Yeah. Um. All right. Well feel like we got to play the only other, the only other song that we haven't played. That's in the soundtrack, uh, yeah. which is the castle theme. And I feel like it really like gives you a heightened sense of anxiety. Yeah, like, I feel sure. like they do a great job with that. Like, and that's not even taking into account, like when things get faster, when you're running out of time, I, I just think that like naturally they do a good job setting the tone with this song. Thank still just like hear fireballs and like (laughs) yeah and just see like bowser jumping anytime um anytime that that is playing
1: it's interesting like the main melody too is almost slightly off time in a way too that kind of like feels jumpy like back and forth like unpredictable you know like uh, which
0: way is it going (laughs) (laughs) the theme of the principal's office that's funny somebody somebody's youtube account man. oh
1: <laughs> that, that's pretty good yeah <laughs> people the
0: things people come up with yeah man so th- this game really came out swinging it's like
2: yeah.
0: it's like amazingly fun boom killer soundtrack boom like i don't know it's uh thank you mr miyamoto thank mm-hmm. you to everyone involved in this for like setting, I don't know, setting an example. Like it, it's funny though. We Like when you were just talking about like the platforming and like some of it not feeling exactly right. And I'm like, no, this is exactly what a platformer feels like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least for me, for me specifically, because yeah, this sure. game was like the template for me for every platformer to come. So I'm like, no, this is ex- this is what a platformer supposed to feel like.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it, it occasionally feels unfair the way that you land and and things like that, and how like the weight of Mario seems to really take off when you don't want it to. Like, <laughs> but that's the that's the challenge. You so, know, like
0: yeah, there there are so many like fine movements that I notice that I'll do when I jump forward sometimes, mm-hmm. like especially if I'm running off to a tiny little platform that I'm going to have to jump onto. I'll jump, hit the opposite direction real quick, and then hit the direction that I'm supposed to be going in. I don't know if I'm supposed to do that. I don't know where that comes from. That's just what I automatically do when I play this game. There are so many involuntary actions of my hands when I play Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. this game is purely running off of muscle memory for me at this point and like, like even though like you know it wasn't it's not my primary mario it's not my favorite mario it's not the one that i've spent the most time in but there's still like so many involuntary things like even in finding like finding some of the secrets still yeah. like i'm i'm like subconsciously just doing stuff on the screen and i'm like why am I doing this right now? And then I'm like, (laughs) Oh, there was a secret right there. Like that's still just burned into me to this day.
1: Yeah. When you, when you're doing the thing where you say you, you pull back before your jump and then you go forward again, does that create the movement where Mario jumps, but he's running backwards basically like he's jump he's looking to the
0: left. Uh, So I know what you're talking about, but I'm not doing that
1: yeah that that backwards jump it always feels good when i get it going because i start chaining it and he's like just running backwards and yeah. way or jumping backwards in a way um but yeah, i i guess what i'm saying is in super mario world for example you have some control over mario in the air um whereas this one you kind of when you jump your your uh, yeah. your arc is sort of set yes like, it at is at that point like as soon as you leave you're you're going where you, uh, where you jumped.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair, it's, it also depends on how long you're holding jump. Yeah. In conjunction with, I guess some of that little dance that I make Mario do in the air. Yeah. So I don't know, like it's funny. There's, there are some mechanics that I just can't even talk about <laughs> because yeah. they're so automatic. Yeah. They don't exist in words. They, in-
1: you know, it's just purely
0: but... in feel. Yeah. In feel and instinct now. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the worlds a little bit? Sure. Well, we got eight of them. Who
1: like could we forget world two, one. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I have to put fun at the names a little bit, but
0: yeah, well, you know, they, they had to start somewhere. Yes. Agreed. Uh, um, but I do think it's funny that the naming conventions have basically stuck. Like, I guess yeah. not in Mario 64, sure but it's in great. any of the 2d marios it's like world 8 8- dash or like world 6 6- dash whatever
1: you know in mario 64 it does kind of count because each of the worlds d- does even in the menus have a number and then there's you know a dash 7 there's seven different stars you know that so in a way that it it does have the same formula just not quite so explicit but yeah, I think uh, I appreciate that it's pretty uniform that, you know, that pretty much like it goes, to, you have four, four sub areas per world. Yeah. I, again, a lot of them feel pretty samey. Like there's, they, there's a little bit of uh reuse of tile set and style. Um, oh, levels. for sure.
0: Um, hey, you know, you, it's, it's tough when you got to keep things in 32 yeah. kilobytes or something. Yeah,
1: exactly. And You know, I I know I always dreaded whenever, um you know, Lakitu shows up, for example. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, that's always a nightmare. But I do appreciate, you know, getting the chance to to kill him. It's very satisfying (laughs) when it happens because he he seems like he just shows up to make your life hell for a little while.
0: Yeah, it's funny. I couldn't remember if in this when if you took him out, if you still got to fly in his cloud. But that's going to be in later Mario's.
1: Yeah, yeah. There is sort of a thing I want to mention with the castles. I think start, somewhere starting around World Four, or World Five, the castles start to have these like puzzles, right? Where the t- the castle will loop over and over again, unless you take specific paths.
0: Did it start that early?
1: I I felt like it. They throw it at you once in World Four. Okay, I feel okay. Like, and then it like returns for both seven, seven and, eight. and eight. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't, it might've been world five. And that's when I start to feel like the gloves are off for the game. Like the game's really okay. Like, all right, you know, the game at this point Yeah. now try and stay alive because we're going to throw everything we have at
0: you. Yeah. And we're going to take all the platforms for you to jump on away.
1: Yeah. And you know, when you're going through the levels, it also kind of just feels like, I feel like someone constructed this. Like you feel like it's like, I don't know Gordon Freeman and the and the Combine in Half Life Two. Like they're just sort of setting different traps over and over again, and I I kind of felt like oh this feels orchestrated. Like oh they're gonna put like three bullet bills right here (laughs) because it's they're they want me to make a mistake here. Like nowhere is safe. Yeah. But man those those water levels though this underwater levels (laughs) like those those seem like it was especially difficult to avoid damage at times Um,
0: yeah I noticed this playthrough I found like I found paths where I would either stay completely at the top or completely at the bottom and just like try to slowly walk across the bottom to avoid um, all of the squid I guess
1: yeah. And it, what I was really impressed with with the AI is that it will actually change directions to go towards you. Um like Goombas will do that, uh Koopa Troopas for sh- and the the particularly the white squids that sort of fly, you know, go through yeah, the yeah. air. Um some of them were on set paths, but those, you know, the ones that move around, they're they're coming after you. As soon as you pass them, they're going to chase you. Yeah. <laughs> And it seems like they, they move in a path that they're trying to interrupt your path the best that they can. And then again, but as soon as you pass them, they're going to change paths to try and keep up with you.
0: But yeah, um, as far as like world difficulty, I'm with you. Like world five is where it really starts getting hard. I mean, world four, they introduced a little bit with lucky two, Like you brought up. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of the level design is like mostly the same and not too much more difficult than the first three worlds. But yeah, five is where they start really changing that level design throwing more enemies out there and just generally making it harder to platform your way to the end. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so.
1: Um, I think that's all I have to say on worlds though. Like in, in particular, like, like you, you play a few of them, you know what you're in for um yeah but i think they do a good job of you know um maximizing content like for some reason i thought it was going to end any time at world seven but then it just like kept going and i i thought oh is there only two worlds in world eight it's like no there's it's (laughs) all four yeah yeah it's it's like they didn't do things the easy way they really kind of exhausted as much like level length as they possibly could so i was impressed with that
0: yeah, and I feel like for how little variation like as far as like the assets they had, there's yeah. still a lot of variation in the game, at least yeah. as much as they could do. Um and you know, it's 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 lacking in that regard by comparison to new like or you know, newer Super Mario Brothers games. Yeah. But like it's still I'd say for the first the first game, the first one out the gates, like they just they Destroyed it. Like they did such a great job.
1: Yeah, yeah. They tried. I think as as hard as they possibly could, and and challenged limits over and over again. And as they say, like you know, technical uh, constraints breed creativity. Something like exactly.
0: that. Exactly. Yeah. We just talked about that. Yep. I'm going to say it every show. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well. Um. Should we just talk about the items and the enemies and the heck out of here because i think yeah. everyone everyone knows this game
1: <laughs> pretty much yeah so we
0: got we got coins uh-huh it's a big deal uh we got mushrooms we know about those we got fire flowers we, we well, got star magic mushrooms we got yes oh yes we I, got I, magic mushrooms i didn't know
1: that's what they were called but <laughs> the mario game, eats but...
0: magic mushrooms okay and uh changes his perspective on the world by getting bigger yep Um, So, yeah, we got our fire flower. We got our star man waiting in the sky and we've got our one up mushrooms. So, yeah, very, very sparse as far as the power ups go. But, you know, it feels just right for this. I feel like like I I do like that. They've continued to expand on, you know, different items and like do a bunch of crazy stuff. Like I am really looking forward to Super Mario Wonder. I think yeah. that's going to be a lot of fun. Yep. I, I think there was just a direct for it. I haven't watched it yet. I don't know yeah. when it's coming out. I know. I know it's very soon. Like it might yeah. even be this month that it's coming out. Ooh. Um, yeah, I need to look into that. But and probably not buy it right away because I'll be playing Starfield. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: yeah.
0: But uh, but I will be. I don't know, maybe I should just get it right away cuz it's a, it's a Mario game. It's never going to go on sale.
1: Pretty much. It's a um, trap I fall into every time. Yeah.
0: Good job Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, so we got we got all those items. Anything in particular you want to say about them?
1: Yeah, I just I think that the fire flower kind of makes things feel a little more balanced, but later in the game like bullet bills and the beetles take a couple hits like they don't care about fireballs like you know. <laughs> So it's kind of just escape with your life.
0: Um, but yeah, but you look real snazzy with your fire flower. Yeah. And what you're wearing. Yeah, exactly. With um, your white overalls. That's a daring Mario. Gonna go to yeah. a barbecue with those white overalls? <laughs> exactly. Um,
1: so and I, I I tip I actually enjoyed defeating Bowser with with fireballs. I thought that was fun.
0: Oh so, yeah, that that is fun that you can do that. Because sometimes I'm like, dude, I can't make
1: it over him. I'm like, I'm just gonna shoot fireballs till he goes away. So <laughs> and it feels a little more balanced. He's breathing fire at you, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Exactly. That's that's all I got for, for items.
0: All right. Well, enemies. Uh, it's our it's our. Regular cast that we would probably see for forever in yeah. every Mario game. And yeah, uh, and they call the squids bloopers. It's also, yes, they're bloopers. We got bullet bills. We got buzzy beetles, the cheap cheaps, the little flying fish, the flying fish, like the flying fish levels are always kind of fun, even though they're also a little bit nerve wracking. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, we got the fire bars with the spinning little fire bar. Thing, <laughs> yeah. our Hammer Brothers, our Koopa Paratroopas. Yes, I was gonna say I was surprised to see the
1: Hammer Brothers when I came when I came up on them the first time. I was like, oh, they're in this game, like because they're a big part of Super Mario Bros. Three, like yeah. really big part. Um, so I was like, yep, sure enough, they're here. Anyway,
0: Uh yes, but yeah, we have our Koopa Paratroopas. Those are the Koopa Troopas with wings. Um, we got Koopa Troopas. We got, oh, so wait, so the Koopa, it's a Koopa Troopa. That had a Red Bull.
1: They had a, they had a, Oh, it had a Red Bull. The, there the you Cuba go. Paratroopers, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, they got wings. Took, I'm anyway. tired. That took me a minute.
0: Anyway, you, need, you <laughs> yeah. need a Red Bull. Apparently, apparently this, this episode is not sponsored by Red Bull. <laughs> Actually, I don't even remember the last time I drank a Red Bull. Anyway, mm. uh, we got lucky too. That we mentioned, we got the Goombas. We got piranha plants. Uh, we got potaboo. Oh, a fire, but wait, the fireball in the pits have a name. Potaboo? all right cool oh,
1: okay
0: we got spiny and spiny's egg the the stuff thrown by lucky two and then turtle cannon what 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 no turtle cannon i gotta click on that it's a yeah, bill I mean, blaster click... it's a bill yeah, blaster yeah, or yeah, a bullet it. wait no not to be confused with bullet blaster what's bullet blaster oh that is the cart from um mario kart double dash Mario Kart Tour, the Bullet Master or Blaster. Oh, okay. okay. Going down the rabbit hole. All right. Um so yeah, those are are very very classic enemies. Um I'd say Locky 2 is probably one of the most irritating to face because of him throwing the little spiny dudes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just anything that continuously spawns enemies over and over again. Yeah, is bad. So Yeah. Okay, I was gonna say we forgot about Bowser, but he's actually in the boss section.
0: That's right, we got fake Bowser and Bowser. (laughs) I want to know how you distinguish between the two. That's what that's what I want to know. Well, if you're in world one or set or one through seven, you're a fake Bowser. (laughs) Jesus, that's how that's how you distinguish. Oh my goodness, do you know what world you're living in? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> then then you're never going to know if the Bowser uh, in your world is real or fake. Um, a fake Bowser is a standard enemy that,
1: that was transformed by Bowser's black magic into a copy of himself.
0: <laughs> okay. That sounds good. I'm here for it. Well, anything else you want to talk about regarding Super Mario Brothers before we get back in that time machine?
1: I don't think so. It's just a, you know, simpler time simpler game but who knew that we would be that close to perfection right
0: seriously man this game is still so good for how old it is but you know if you're gonna play it on original hardware uh remember hold a when you press start so that (laughs) you can pick up at the last world that you died on you'll need it um all right well shall we okay So, I think we're back. My internet went down, so things got a little weird for a minute. So, uh, we were about to get in the time machine, so let's get in that time machine. (laughs) And we have arrived back to present day again, which is the past for you, listener. It is September the 6th. It is 2023, and we were just in 1985 talking about Super Mario Brothers on the famicom and the nintendo entertainment system it's coming up on 40 years huh
1: oh my god (laughs) oh my god
0: i'm coming up on 40 years yeah Ugh, that's next year weird (laughs) but i'm only 20 how can that be yeah anyway strange yeah it's weird (laughs) <laughs> um, all right, well, this is the time we talk about things we've been playing, and I've already been talking about some Starfield. I love the game. It is beautiful. It's amazing. It's so much fun. If you like a Bethesda game, and if you like sci-fi, play it. If you want a space sim, do not play this game. This game is not a space simulator. It is not Elite Dangerous. It is not No Man's Sky. Um but it is a Bethesda game and sci-fi and it's awesome. So that is all I will say about Starfield before Starfield came out. I did play a little bit of overwatch too. Um, but I have not played that in over a week now. I think, <laughs> um, same thing with burnout revenge played a little bit, of, a little bit more of that. Cause you know, Burnout Legends was the last game that we played, and I was also playing Burnout Revenge, so it's still super fun. Um, and then because I was playing Super Mario Brothers on my retro AVS, I also pulled down my cartridges for Excite Bike and for Paperboy and played both of those. Um, yeah, they're fun. They're great. Uh, Paperboy, I am still bad at to this day. But uh, it's a hard game. It is a hard game. Like yeah. I, it's funny. I've considered picking it for us to play, and then like, then I'm like, oh, I'll watch a video, and I'm like, oh, it looks super easy, and then I play it myself, and I'm like, this game is hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, there's a Paperboy '64 also.
0: That's oh a, yeah, that's right. You brought yeah. that up, and I was like, what? There's a Paperboy '64.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, I only saw one friend who lives at a state play that game i am not friends with them anymore i don't know who they are but yeah it was like my mom's high school friend's kid okay (laughs) to visit again out of
0: state so (sighs) but yeah so i mean that's that's pretty much the stuff that i've been playing and i just am itching to play some more starfield nice it's, it's probably the least I've talked about games in a while. Cause I already, I just want to be conscious of the fact I spent so much time talking about <laughs> Starfield previously. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah, it's, And I also don't want to give any spoilers for anyone who hasn't played it or maybe is just starting to play the game. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to give away anything cause it's been a lot of fun to just uncover a lot of things on my own.
1: Yeah. It's like, like tears of the kingdom, right? I'd yeah. be very careful about what I say. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, it, me, I'm, I'm still like, again, using my Game Pass subscription so I can play the Sims <laughs> over the cloud so I can play the console version. Like, So you can play I, the
0: console version of the Sims on your Steam Deck. Right. It's just a niche within a niche within a niche, you know, yeah. like
1: because most sim players, you know, people I talk to on Twitch, are like you play the console version of the Sims. Why? Like, it's, yeah, could be the Sims could be the only game that they play. And they're like, why would you play the console? It's the only version that's got good controls with a controller. Um, yeah. Otherwise, fair. you're just trying to fake it. Um So I, Oh, there's something else I played. Um, so on Sunday, I I haven't been on Twitch in a while, like at all, um, for, for months. Like I keep, I still, you know, follow the same people and sometimes Twitch would come up on accident or something and say, Oh yeah, they're still streaming. I've been looking for a far and I finally saw a notification and I just happened to have a lot of free time this past Monday because it was labor day here in the U S and, um, I saw that our old friend uh, Cunning Lynx was playing Mario Kart with a open, basically open to viewers to come oh, in. Oh, cool! So uh, yeah, I played uh, again with another friend I met through Twitch, uh, Gil from a completely different channel. We all three of us played, and it was funny. There was one, um, there was one player that was there. I can't. I think his name was Pancake. Uh, basically, every race that he was, in, it was like racing against you. Basically, every time he was there. <laughs> He always took first, but as soon as that guy left, then I took first every time. (laughs) Um, So it was it was a lot of fun. It was it was fun with Links because he's like, okay, he's like, Andy, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna stop paying attention to chat for a minute. I'm actually gonna try and beat you. Like I'm gonna (laughs) trade you, try hard. We did the Excite Bite course. I still won. He was right there in second. It was very close. Um, You know, just sort of a misfire on the last item, or he got hit by a shell at the wrong time, and I was able to take it. So that was fun. Um and we played for a couple hours. It was nice. Yeah, it was at least an hour and a half. He was on there for three hours, but I caught the second half. Um, and then today Lynx was streaming uh the end of Sonic Adventure Two. Okay. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. This was a game, it works on PC, uh, it's not very demanding doesn't play well at high frame rates so you have to lock the frame rates of your display because anything above 60 hertz it just speeds up the game (laughs) so i was like that actually sounds like a perfect match for steam deck and i installed it and it runs beautiful there and i'm i was just like you know talking with a bunch of other chatters who have a lot of nostalgia for this game and we're talking about it and you know making fun of it like totally because it's ridiculous but um I was like wait I can play this on a handheld and just to think that I can play this handheld and it's draws very little power with it's like six watts of power which is basically the steam deck idling to play this game at 60 fps and it holds solid I was like this is cool but because they didn't edit the voice acting dub like they didn't edit the cutscenes to match the English translation it's like totally stupid and characters talk over each other and stupid things like that and it it's, it's like the traditional joke about d- bad dubs where the, the voices keeps going, the mouth stopped moving. Uh, <laughs> so I'm actually playing it in Japanese right now and I'm, I'm just, and it matches perfectly and it's just so much better. So with English subtitles. Cool. So, um, so yeah, I'm uh cause that's something, a cool thing you can do. You can change the voices to like different languages. I, I used to do it in Spanish and like all these things. Cause I played that game that, that much. So, um, making decent progress i think i could get through the game in like six hours i think if i tried um, okay maybe less because i think i'm getting through the first chunk but it's a little deceptive because the early levels you know go really fast but then when you start getting the later levels things start to bog down so because it's harder um so i don't know uh, some mes- muscle memory is kicking in but i'm not perfect uh so one of the things is that your characters get upgrades and different abilities throughout as you play the game. Okay. So if you go back and replay the levels as much as I did with all the upgrades, your control, your character would control way different. So, um, the muscle memory doesn't work. Like I try and press certain buttons and they don't do anything I'm like, Oh, <laughs> whoops. Um, uh, so the last thing when I was on vacation, cause you know, I, th- I think I said I was in Dallas. You know, uh, uh, about a month ago or a few weeks ago, I played the heck out of Pikmin 3. Well, I finished Pikmin 3 while I was in Hawaii this last week, and I started up Pikmin 4. And I'm pretty. Something happened with Pikmin 4, and I, I don't really feel bad about spoiling this because I thought I felt like I was trolled pretty well. Something once you get through a few worlds in Pikmin 4, the game rolls credits like once you accomplish a certain thing. Okay. And then at the end of the credits, it's like, Oh wait, no, wait, we're not done. And then it starts unleashing. I I've I've unlocked two more worlds now.
0: And I'm like, why, why would you do that? I mean, it's like, it's like modern Mario games. You roll credits at a certain point and then it's like, cool. Now here's a bunch more stuff to do.
1: Yeah. I just felt like I understand like unlocking more objectives and more content for the existing levels. But when you're, like I almost felt robbed at first. I'm like, "What? That was it." The game was kind of short. Like most Pikmin games have at least five or six worlds. Like yeah. this one only had four. What the heck's going on? And the f- the levels are much bigger. What's really cool is that you can move your ship around the different levels. Okay. So you might spend a day just exploring one area of this map and then you unlock like another place to park your ship. And then the next day you spend a day doing that, you know, or this area. And I think they, they made the, they added a lot of dimension to the levels where it felt like it was all built around one landing point. Now there's several. So, okay. Um, and that's also helpful when you're collecting things, you can just move your ship closer to wherever the collectible is like, <laughs> so it saves time. Um, but yeah, it's a lot like Pikmin two. There's a lot of dungeons, um, that are associated that aren't on time limits. Um, and, uh, they even, you know, not to spoil too much that they, they brought some levels that are pretty much directly from Pikmin two over. Okay. So it's kind of interesting, but I, um, uh, I'm enjoying it. I, am i I'm eager to finish it up. Uh, just to kind of clean up the game. But I think this is my favorite Pikmin game so far. I started off kind of cold on it because there's a lot of dialogue. It's kind of bogged down. Characters talk a lot. Um, But I think overall, I think if you, you can skip most of that, it's, yeah, I think it's the best one. Awesome. So that's all I've been, been a playing.
0: All right. Well, before we get out of here, I think it's my turn to let folks know what we're going to be playing next. Uh and that will be the original Streets of Rage for the Sega Genesis.
1: Yeah. Well, Mash, didn't we already cover No, we covered Streets, <laughs> of too. Right. <gasps> Streets of Rage
0: 2. That is right. Streets of Rage 2 with a different soundtrack by Yuzo Koshiro.
1: Yeah. I'm really that's what I'm really looking forward to is hearing this one.
0: Yeah. Yep. And uh, selfishly, I'm like, what's a short game that I can pick so I can play more Starfield? <laughs> just just letting everybody know where my yeah. head's at right now.
1: So and I have to say, you know, even just playing Mario Brothers, I was kind of selfish there, too, that I knew I had a lot going on traveling to Hawaii. Hey, that's like great. That.
0: It worked out great for me, too.
1: It felt great because just being able to play more things that I want to play and not really have to focus on grinding through a game. So, you know, not that other games, you know, necessarily like burnout legends were grind, but there was a lot of, a lot more content there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. And like, it's, it's uh, a, there, there's a, there's a fine balance that I'd like to have with like doing something like this and doing the show. Is like, I don't want to make a game feel like homework.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: I want whatever we play to be something that we like, that we actually get to really enjoy if, you know, if we actually truly enjoy it. Cause we, we haven't loved a hundred percent of everything that we've played, but I don't think we've hated anything that we've no. played. Um, but yeah. So yeah, I, I really just want to make sure that it, it doesn't feel like we're doing a job to do this podcast for fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I know we have requests to do longer games and I would love to, um, but like, you know,
0: yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like, I would love to, as long as I actually feel like I would love to play that game right then. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: yeah yeah exactly that's that's
0: the really hard part is like even even if because i think you and i have talked about the concept of like oh we could pre-plan and say like we want to play this game and have it be like a month or two out so we could have enough time to play it but then it's like it feels like there's too i don't know it it feels too much like a a work project or something (laughs) yeah
1: exactly (laughs) it's kind of like you have a deadline and, you know, there's other games that we want to play yeah. for the podcast in the meantime. And there's other games that we want to play in our personal time. And then we have limited free time. Exactly. We're contributing
0: members to society. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, but it has been a while since I've played through the original the original Streets of Rage. So I am looking forward to going through that again, getting reacquainted with the soundtrack. And, uh... Yeah, just having a good time overall. Anything yeah. else? Anything else you want to say before we get the heck out of here? I don't think so. I think that's that's all I have. All right then. Well, hey everybody. Thanks so much for listening to the show. We know there are a lot of podcast options out there and we appreciate you taking the time to put our words in your ears. It really does mean a lot. You can follow us uh, whatever. I was going to get I was getting ahead of myself. You can also check out our website at the uh, Why can I not speak? (laughs) You know, you can check out our website. Yeah, retrogametimemachine.com. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Podorama, all the podcasting apps. Uh, You can join us on Discord. You can follow us on Instagram. Come join us next time when we talk about Streets of Rage. May your video games be fun. And bye for now. See you.